thank you very much. Um, I hope you enjoyed sharing those stories of how you've uh, served people, uh, you know. But if you'd allow me to share one story from my own life um, and one particular act of service which I did. Uh, those of you who may know me a bit better will know that as um, well as being passionate about serving people in the local community and equipping people uh, to go and do this as well. My other passion, which you may be able to tell partially uh, from my accent and from the Northern Hemisphere, that is the city of Liverpool. That is, my other passion is Liverpool Football Club, who I might add at this stage, we'll settle down, are currently second in the Premiership, which I'm reveling in at the moment, because clearly it's probably not going to last, um, but I'm enjoying it at the moment. Uh, those of you who follow football will know that there's, um, as a Liverpool fan, there was one club above all others who we as Liverpool, Liverpool fans simply do not like, even when they're playing in Europe and other people who support other teams say to me, oh, you've got to support them because it's an English team and we support English teams in Europe. And I'm like... No, I'm not supporting this team. And that team is Manchester United. Now, I love people from Manchester. Um, Quinn, who ironically was just doing this in the background there, is a Manchester United fan, unfortunately. Um, but I'm trying to bring him over uh, to the light. Um, there, but there is a mutual respect between Liverpool and United fans that we simply do not like each other's teams and also the two cities are only uh, 30 miles apart so there is a bit of an ancient rivalry uh, between the two so you can imagine how I felt one day when God called me to go and serve at an amazing uh, new project based in the inner city seeing transformation uh, for whole neighborhoods based you guess where in the city of Manchester and not only that it was based in a part of the city which was real Manchester United. Uh, fan uh, territory. So I did what Jonah did in the Bible. Those of you who know uh, the book of Jonah, how he was swallowed by a fish, and basically he ran away uh, from what God uh, called him to do, but eventually uh, agreed to go. Um, I did that. I just ran away from God's call to go and serve in this community. Uh, things like, well, why should I go and serve uh, these people? I thought, this is beneath me. I really do not want to go uh, to the city of Manchester and serve God. Send me somewhere else, please, anywhere uh, but Manchester. But then one day I read the end of the book of Jonah, and it, it'll come up on the screen in a minute. And let me read uh, these verses to you from Jonah chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. But the Lord said to Jonah, You have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? And when I read that, as if God said something similar to me, it was as if he said to me, Dan, all you're thinking about is yourself and your own needs. But there are thousands of people in need who live in the city of Manchester who are lost and need help. Should I not be concerned about that great city? I reluctantly agreed and served there for a number of years and witnessed God do some amazing things. And he still is in that city today. 
So today we come to the final talk in our series, looking at kingdom basics. And today we are particularly going to be looking at kingdom serving, especially in relation uh, to serving in the local community. So do grab a Bible from the chair in front of you and turn with me to Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38, which can be found on page 974 in the chair Bible. So that's Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 Uh, to 38. And let me read these words to you. The workers of you. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Uh, Do keep that passage open. Uh, Up to this point in Matthew's gospel, Jesus had been very much doing a lot of the ministry himself, with his followers most likely observing this amazing man in action and just seeing him in action. So what were some of the amazing things Jesus had been doing up to this point? Well, let's look back briefly. In, uh, in Matthew chapter 4, versely, he had begun preaching and teaching. Later on in the chapter, as well as preaching, he had began to heal the sick. He then becomes somewhat of a local celebrity, and thousands and large crowds uh, begin to flock towards him and start to follow him. He then goes on to preach arguably the most famous talk in history, the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5. He goes on from this to heal numerous other people, calms the storm, raises a dead girl, and goes on to heal yet even more people. But as well as that, he had also been laughed at and deserted by some of his followers. He had been driven out of a town and then finally had to deal with the constant harassment and questioning of the Pharisees, who among many, many accusations had called him a prince of demons. So you can imagine by the time we reach our passage here in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus may well have feeling just a bit tired and possibly a bit jaded. To quote verse 35 of the passage we read, he had been through every town and village in the region teaching, preaching, and healing. Now that's a lot of serving for one man to do. We then, though, witnessed in verse 36 to 38 of our passage, if you'd allow me to read into a bit into the text, We have an amazing moment where Jesus shows his human vulnerability and we also actually witness a change in direction of his ministry. And he shows also the same compassion for a group of people that God had at the end of the book of Jonah. Let me read you again verse 36 of our passage. It says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. It's as if when Jesus sees yet more people who are in need, who are harassed, helpless, and lost, he comes to the conclusion that he can't actually help all these people simply on his own. The need is just too great for one man to do, and he has great compassion on them. Yet, instead of calling down from heaven a crack command team of thousands of angels to assist him in spreading the kingdom of God, which God could have quite easily have also done in reaching the people of Nineveh instead of continuing with moaning Jonah. He does something amazing, and it is amazing. He turns to his group of followers around him and says, 
Let me read you verse 37 and 38 again. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. In other words, he asked his disciples to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out workers into the harvest field. And then he says, you're actually the answer to your own prayer. And so I'm sending you out now to go and do what I have been doing so far. And if we were to carry on reading into chapter 10, you would read how this happened when Jesus sent out the 12 disciples with authority. Over 2,000 years on, I believe Jesus is saying exactly the same challenge to us here today. He looks across the borough of Wandsworth and sees people harassed by creditors due to being in debt. Helpless because they have no food to put on the table. Young people lost because they can't actually see a future for themselves because they do not have a job. And he turns to us here today and says, St. Mark's. The harvest, the people in need, is plentiful. There are so many of them out there, and yet the workers are so few. Yet if you're like me, we may respond to this in one of two ways. Firstly, we may say, yes, I agree, send me, Lord, I'm up to the challenge. And that is wonderful if you are that person and keep going with that passion. We may, though, on hearing a challenge like this, Maybe like me when God called me to inner city Manchester, or maybe Jonah when God called him to the people of Nineveh. We may actually say, do you know what, this actually sounds too big for me, and actually what difference can I make to such a huge huge need? Actually, what can I do? Here at St. Mark's, we have an increasingly large and growing number of community ministries, which are on the slides you can see. We have a, a whole range of them, night pastors, practical projects, Junction Community Trust. There's a whole range of them, which are meeting the increasing need across the borough of Wandsworth. You see, a big vision, like reaching a city or a group of people, only happens when big people do small things. Let me repeat that for you. A big vision only happens when big people do small things. The vision of the, ki- of the kingdom is the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. Now that's a fairly big vision. In our passage in Matthew, Jesus is saying that there's so much need and people out there for you to go and spread the good news to. What are you waiting for? Ask the Lord where he would like to send you and just go. Yes, there are times when we need to pray and seek the Lord on his guidance on where he may be leading us and to take time before making that decision. You know, that is a very important part of hearing his call on our lives. There are times, though, I believe, when we are challenged with a big vision like the Great Commission or the challenge we've just read from Jesus. And so we just need to be bold, big people and actually do what we can do, however small it may be, and go for it and not run away or make excuses why we can't do it. Over three Sundays over the next year, we're going to look and share with you on the great work God is doing in our local community and the ways you can do your small bit in making an impact for the kingdom of God in this local area. Today, we're going to particularly be looking at the work of Christians Against Poverty, and we actually join with hundreds of other churches around the UK who are celebrating today Cap Sunday. We're also going to share with you two other of our other community ministries, and that is Ones of Mediation Service and Night Pastors. 
Also over these three Sundays, we're going to share with you some of the amazing ways which our many community ministries are actually integrating with each other and how people from the local community are getting to the life of the church in so many different ways. Two of those examples are from our food bank and spear projects, which are set up under our Junction Community Trust, uh, the charity which we set up to oversee these two projects. One such story is from Spear, and I'm just going to come down and now and find Emily Stevens, who is our Spear Centre Manager, and she's going to tell us a story. Great. So we, uh, we had a student uh, called Mikey who um, actually Phil Fain had started working with a few years ago um, at Nightingale School. Um, but he came on the Spear course in the summer. Sorry, I don't know how helpful it is. Me hat standing behind a pillar. Is that more helpful? <laughs> Great. Hi, everyone. Um, uh, he came in the summer um, and 17-year-old guy who literally couldn't read or write at all. Um, and we worked with him over the six weeks. He completed the Spear course, which was a major achievement for him. Um, and at the end of it, he started uh, volunteering with Food Bank. Um, and uh, Rajiv, who's just down here, started working with him in the warehouse, just helping him to read the months of the year uh, so that he was then able to, to uh, sort some of the um, cereals and, and other food. Um, he's been doing that a little bit over the summer, um, and we're hoping to get him uh, even more in during, during the week, and then also helping with St. Mark's uh, facilities team, so that actually we can start getting him every day uh, into the work and life of St. Mark's. Very good. That's a fantastic story. And let me uh, share with you a story from our food bank, uh, the ones with food bank, and this was given to me by Dan Frith, our food bank manager, and he writes, Helen is a local mother of three who was referred to once a food bank by a youngest child's school. Helen is parenting alone, having come out of a violent relationship and struggles with depression and anxiety, which means she's currently unable to work. Helen has been trying to pay off debts that built up while she's been unwell, but this has left her with very little money to buy food for her family and facing also the threat of eviction. As well as helping family with emergency food and listening gear, St. Mark's Food Bank volunteers have gone with Helen to Citizens Advice to get help with her debts and to a housing solicitor. Volunteers at the Food Bank told Helen about Spear, and now one of her children is currently on the Spear course and loving it. Helen is making new friends at St. Mark's and has also recently started to come into church on Wednesday, which is fantastic. This is what Helen says. Wandsworth Food Bank has helped me and my family out tremendously. I think it's a saviour to tell you the truth. It's so good to have food in the house and being able to sit and chat with the volunteers has done me the world of good. For me, the people are brilliant and it's not just even the food they're helping me with. They're helping me find help for my other problems too. So they're just two fantastic stories of how our different community ministries are integrating with each other. There are lots of other stories I could tell you, such as the lady who came to Rise and Shine through the food bank, but we do not have time. But over the next two Sundays, we'll also be sharing more stories with you. So it's all worth celebrating, and a massive thank you, and well done, and keep up the amazing work for those of you who have been involved, particularly with Spear and Food Bank, and also our other community ministries. So let me now introduce you to two of those community ministries, and they are Night Pastors and Wands of Mediation. So I'm just going to invite Rachel and Christine, who's coming up uh, from the back, and I'm just going to ask them a few questions about these two amazing uh, ministries. Let's switch you on. Great. Thank you. 
So let me start with Rachel. So Rachel, what is Wands of Mediation Service? So it was set up uh, nearly 10 years ago um, as a charity by members of St. Mark's and it provides a community mediation service to Wandsworth residents. We work mainly with neighbours who fall out over issues of antisocial behaviour and uh, also with families who have conflict in all kinds of relationships. So we work a lot with couples, also with uh, parents and older children and also with in wider family relationships too. That sounds fantastic. So um, obviously we've been hearing some stories about how our different community ministries are integrating with each other. Uh, could you let us know a story of how maybe someone who's come from the mediation service has been led into another area of the church? Well, um, we had an email uh, through um, fairly recently from a lady who was absolutely thrilled because a home group had cleared her garden and this had made a really positive difference to her. And then she also made the connection. Um, she didn't realise that WMS was linked to St. Mark's. And um, she said that um, a, a barrister had been able to help her with a really tricky problem. And uh, she, was, she said she was absolutely delighted. And it had restored her faith in humanity that someone was able to give their time to help her. That's amazing. That's a fantastic story. Uh, so obviously, yeah, some of us may um, have heard a little bit about WMS now. What are the ways people from here uh, can get involved and support the work of WMS? So please pray for us. Um, a lot of our clients talk about feeling really trapped by conflict and oppressed. Uh, some of the neighbours that we talk to feel like they can't leave their homes. So please pray for our clients. It takes a huge amount of courage to come along to a mediation. Uh, please also pray for our volunteers, uh, many of whom actually aren't Christians, but they're doing uh, peacemaking work for us. Um, you could also give to support our work, and you can also refer to our commercial, well, you can refer to our community service, but also to our commercial service, which helps bring in funds to support our community work. So please come and talk to me afterwards if you're interested. It'd be great. Thank you. That's wonderful. So yeah, if you are interested in the work of WMS, do go and uh, chat to Rachel afterwards at the welcome table. Thank you. So I'm now going to hand over to Christine, who's about to put on a wonderful night pastor jacket to give us a twelve. <laughs> Very good. So, uh, Christine, what is night pastors? Uh, night pastors, as uh, many of you will know, are just teams of, of people from St. Mark's uh, going out onto the streets of Flappen Junction between something like 11 and 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And our aim is simply to, to bring the presence of Jesus onto the streets. Um, it's a vision we caught from a thing called Street Pastors. And uh, uh, we have about 40 people from St. Mark's going out regularly on Friday and Saturday nights uh, to uh, really to look out for vulnerable people, particularly maybe girls who've had a little bit too much to drink, who've been maybe separated from their friends, haven't thought of how they're going to get home. Uh, so lots of sort of practical things that we can do. We take out flip-flops with us so that um, if they've gone out in their stacked heels and they're falling off them by the end of the evening, we can offer them some flip-flops. And again, the look on their faces when we say, no, you know, this is for free. This is a gift. Um, it's just lovely. Uh, we take out masses of lollipops uh, for boys who've got a little bit lippy and, and over the top and we stick it in their mouths and um, uh, that shuts them up for a little bit. Uh, you know, bottles of water uh, for those who've got dehydrated. 
um, uh, foil blankets for those who've gone out without uh, thinking about taking a coat with them. Uh, but so lots of practical things. But I think the thing that's really surprised us is how easy it's been to engage in conversation with people. Um, uh, we weren't quite sure about these jackets, but actually, someone called these jackets our Superman pants. Uh, because as soon as we put these on, we just feel like we're sort of ready to go. And people... Um, it's so easy to engage with people. Either they already know who we are and they sort of come up and say hello, or they come and ask us, who are you? What are you doing? And they love it when they hear that we're volunteers from a local church. We're just out in the community because we love the community and we want to uh, give something back to it. Uh, and so we have, we have fascinating conversations with people. And um, it always surprises me that, you know, we're there and people are out, you know, thinking they're having a good time in the bars and clubs and they may well be, but the amount of people who are willing and want to stand out in the street rather than being in the bars or clubs, out in the streets talking with us for maybe 30, 40 minutes at a time, um, rather than being with their friends in the club, you know, drinking more. Um, and we have great conversations with them about, about life, about faith, about their work, about their families, about their friends. Um, and uh, uh, it's just so much easier than I ever thought it would be. So I know obviously when you're out on the streets, you'll often maybe mention some of the other work uh, we do here at St. Mark's. So maybe tell us the story of how that's worked out. Yeah. Um, I mean, we obviously thought we were going out there to, you know, sort of help people and to reach people on the streets. But interestingly enough, the first two people who uh, re uh, we really engaged with were two police officers. Uh, we went up to, it was our very first night out, uh, two years ago, almost two years ago exactly. Uh, we went up to the local police station and uh, to introduce ourselves. And two of the uh, police uh, women officers came out with us onto the streets. I think they thought they'd just uh, suss us out a little bit and see to make sure we were okay. But um, we only had gone a few yards before one of them said, um, I picked up a Bible for the first time the other day and I've started reading it. And uh, we, uh, we just spent the whole evening talking with them and they were asking and asking us questions about what happened here and what was going on. And uh, so, of course, one of the things that we mentioned was um, our midweek meeting, Cow. And Dave, come and finish off the story because you picked it up from here. Yeah, so the next Wednesday, two policemen arrived to church on Wednesday and he sat up really straight and paid attention because uh, some of them are, you know, have just um, come out of prison, that kind of thing. And um, anyway, during the, they enjoyed the meal. Then during the talk, it was a simple talk on, on the cross, who is Jesus? And we invited anyone who wanted to respond and receive Jesus into the life to stand. And both policemen stood and uh, received Jesus into their hearts. And uh, it took us an hour to get rid of them afterwards in the crypt because they had so many questions about the faith and... Uh, that was amazing. And then the following week, they brought two more policemen. And uh, as the other two came in, one of them recognized one of our regular attendees at Church on Wednesday as someone who used to be homeless and living rough outside of Victoria Station. And they said, oh, my word, I thought you died. What happened to you? And he said, well, I've been living outside of Victoria Station for years. And a Christian came along and told me that there was a God who loved me. Would I like to meet them? And I said, I've never heard of such a thing. Yes, I'd love to. And, and eventually I found St. Mark's and here I am. And, and this policeman was completely undone by the, <clears throat> but what he described as a miracle. And um, we, there was another talk uh, that, that lunchtime, why did Jesus die? And we invited anyone who wanted to respond and to invite Jesus into their heart to stand. And these two new policemen stood up 
And it was just incredible. And uh, now we have them come regularly and we work with them. If Sometimes we've got new people who come along who we don't know much about. And just to make sure they're, they're, they're okay and cared for, we, we have local, you know, regular contact with the police. That sounds amazing. That sounds wonderful. So this sounds fantastic. So how can we um, get involved if, we're, if we want to get involved in night pastors? And also how can we pray for you? Um, well, if you haven't been out on a night pastor's night out, come with us. Everyone should try it once. And you don't have to sign up to a rotor. Just get hold of me and I'll send you out with one of our teams. And just have a go because, you know, it's so good for us. And it's wonderful for our community because we just get out there and uh, lots and lots of people are hearing that St. Mark's is doing stuff. So I would just challenge you, yeah, if you haven't been out on a night out with night pastors, come and join us. Um, maybe come as a home group. We've got one or two home groups coming out with us this, uh, uh, this term. So maybe get your home group together. Come uh, as a community project for your home group. Um, but just contact me and uh, we can take you out. In fact, the next number of weeks, I had weekends, I think are going to be bedlam because it's going to be Halloween um, sort of parties. And uh, that is really fun. So um, come out with us on uh, one of the next few weekends. would be great. And for prayer, I think our, our connection with street pastors is really important to us to, to work with the wider community and they are doing such a fantastic job. Um, we are starting to go across to Clapham High Street a little bit on Saturdays, which is even more crazy than Clapham Junction. Um, so we need help and, um, uh, and I think just to pray uh, for us, for safety on the streets, but more than that, for opportunities, opportunities to engage with people and to tell them, the good news of Jesus. Thank you very much. That sounds wonderful. So, yeah, do get involved uh, with Wands of Mediation Service and Now Pastors. They are wonderful community ministries. So, finally, we now turn to our Cap Sunday section and we look together at the work of Christians Against Poverty. Those who have a family, can you imagine having to choose between feeding your children or paying debt collectors at your door? Can you imagine telling your children you've lost their home through debt? Just imagine what that must be like. Can you imagine the hopelessness of seeing your debt rising and rising every month and just spiraling out of control? John Kirkby didn't need to imagine it. He experienced it all firsthand. Debt meant he lost absolutely everything. He lost his marriage, he lost his home, and he also lost his friends. However, God met John at his lowest point and he became a Christian. God then showed him that he could use his experiences to help other people out of debt. And so in 1996, Christians Against Poverty was born. 17 years on, CAP now has 233 CAP debt centres all around the UK. Over a thousand churches now run the CAP Money Course, providing financial education in their communities and it has also now just launched CAP job clubs to help people back into employment, all of it based in the local church all over the United Kingdom. We here at St Mark's have a debt help centre and we also run the CAP money course but CAP is all about seeing lives transformed and so let's watch this short film. Thank you. 
My dad is always shouting at my mum. My mum keeps on telling me she's worried about money. Every time someone knocks at the door, I'm scared. My mum makes me open the door and tell them she's not in. Some days I can't go to school because I don't have the uniform. I know mum finds it hard to feed us, so I look in bins behind the shops or steal food and give it to mum. In our passage in Matthew, which we read earlier, it said that Jesus had compassion on the people because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Death causes real poverty in the UK, even here in Wandsworth. I mean, you saw some of the stats on the film we watched. 72% of cat clients miss meals. Can you imagine what that must be, just missing a meal? 200 out of every 500 who ask for CAP's help actually feel like just ending it all. Well, what do we actually do here, though, at the CAP Wandsworth Centre to help people such as this? 
Well, through our Debt Help Centre, uh, we visit people in their homes, building budgets for them and finding a solution to their debt problem. We take away any threatening letters and basically we negotiate with the client's creditors on their behalf. People then repay their own debts through a debt management program. We take away the burden from them and help them on their journey to become debt-free. Through this, they see CAP every year, say nearly three million pounds worth of debt reduced every month in the UK. And as you saw in the film last year, over 500 individuals became followers of Jesus through the work of Christians Against Poverty, with five of those from the centre actually here in Wandsworth, which is just fantastic news. But we also run the Cat Money course here at St. Mark's, and a number of you have probably also done uh, the Cat Money course here at the church. Uh, the Cat Money course is a wonderful course. It's a revolutionary money management course, which we've put on 14 times now um, in the last th three years, I think. And over 200 people here at St. Mark's have done the course. It is a fantastic course. So if you haven't done the Cat Money course, I would definitely recommend joining us. I think we'll probably do the next one in January. But also, it's just a, a very easy and accessible course to invite your friends to a money management course. Yeah, we don't want to leave it there. Our dream for 2014 is to start two new areas of our CAP Centre. We want to start CAP Money for Youth, so this is the CAP Money course to take into schools, and also to open a CAP Job Club. CAP Job Clubs equip the church with the practical tools to make a real impact on unemployment in their community. And I believe this new initiative will help hundreds of people across the borough of Wandsworth find jobs. But there are lots and lots of ways you can get involved in the CAP Centre by playing your small part in a bigger vision. Often when you can hear stats and statistics, oh, CAP will help thousands of people, you think, well, what can I do? What small part can I play in this bigger vision? And there are lots of ways you can get involved by becoming a life changer. You can join the support team. Every CAP Debt Help Centre has a support team of people who befriend clients, take them for coffee, just do lots of basic, practical, small things in befriending our clients. You can also train to become a debt coach. One such man was Roger Moore, who was a member of this congregation. And in true Oscar style, unfortunately, uh, Roger couldn't be here tonight to accept his award, um, but he has recorded this message for us. <laughs> the Cap Sunday film. That's the Cap Sunday film. Can we have the other one, please? Roger Ball. There he is. No. Hello, Mr. Marks. I'm Roger. My wife, Sarah, and I have been much changes to Cap for a few years now. And it's been really exciting. It's been really inspiring reading all of the communications that stories of people's um, lives being transformed, and also the stories that we get here at St. Mark's from our, our local clients. Um, for just over the last few months, really, I've had a growing itch to, to get a bit more involved myself. Uh, I spoke to my, uh, my boss about it, and he was, he was up for it, so I found that very encouraging. Uh, so um, from January, I'll be becoming a debt coach uh, for one day, four months, uh, which um, really is about, about meeting the need, which is just so evident. Um, we hear the stories, um, and, and I'm really up for, for getting my hands dirty, for, for seeing it um, firsthand, and for
small part to play in seeing some of that transformation um, take place with the, the people that we work with at this CAP Centre. And, uh, and yeah, and I'm excited about seeing, I hope, those testimonies firsthand and not just hearing about them through other people. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's, it's me scratching that itch, it's, it's a dipping the toe in water. And uh, after a few years of build up, I guess, I'm just starting to, to step out and, and get involved myself. Great. So there are lots of ways you can get involved. Two other ways you can help us in our, and become a life changer in our centre is you can join the prayer team. We need people to pray for our clients, for our team. But also, as mentioned on the film, you can give financially by becoming a financial life changer. And if that is your small part which you would like to play, then on the table outside you just need to fill in one of these forms. Your simple act of service could make a huge difference in the lives of people in our local community. So if you'd like to know more about Christians Against Poverty here in Wandsworth, on the desk outside there is a form and just write your name and your email address and I'll be in touch and we can take it from there. Put simply, the CAP Wandsworth Centre empowers you, the church, to play its part, however big or small, in helping people come to know Jesus as their saviour and to see lives transformed. So, as we come into land, let me close by bringing us back to our passage in Matthew chapter 9. As you've heard through sharing with you the ministries of Night Pastors, WMS and CAP, the harvest is certainly plentiful. But before we come to our final worship song, and I would like to ask the band to come back up, and maybe where we are seated right now. Let's just take a moment and ask the Lord of the harvest. And you may find a helpful at this point just to, to close your eyes and just to focus on God. And maybe where we are right now, just ask him this question. Ask him, where are you asking me to serve, Lord? Or where are you sending me, Lord? Where are you asking me to serve? Or where are you sending me and maybe if you're willing just allow him now in your mind to fill in the blank as I read this verse the harvest is plentiful but the maybe he's put the word deck coaches night pastors or maybe it's another area of the church which he's been prompting you about maybe such as welcome or worship or messy church or it could be a way he's placed you to work it could be that which he's just put in your mind people in your area of work who need you who need you to serve them or it could be a situation which you may actually think is beyond you and yet what can you do and yet a simple act of service could unlock the door to breakthrough or something bigger just allow him now to speak the words into your mind in this moment of silence. Jesus said, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And Jesus, as we are focused on these ministries, we pray, Lord, that you will be at the center of CAP, Night Pastors, 
WMS and give us that boldness to go and serve the broken, the lost, the people in need in this community, Lord. However small our part may be, give us the boldness, Lord, to go and reach these people for your kingdom. Amen. Quinn. Amen. Just before we move this song...